Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm Paul. It's the 21st day of November here in 2023, and we are proceeding through the Gospel of Luke. We're in the fourth chapter where Jesus goes, as was his custom, to the synagogue. And let me just start where I stopped yesterday. If Jesus made it his custom to go gather with the people of God at synagogue, as disciples of Christ, we ought to consider that gathering with the people of God must be a necessary part of the human experience. Jesus is God and he is man. And he doesn't, if he's God alone, then he has no need for the company. Uh, If he is man, company is part of his need. Remember when God creates Adam The first time the Bible uses the phrase not good is when Adam was alone. God sees that Adam is alone and says it is not good for man to dwell alone. And so he puts Adam to sleep and brings Eve from his side. This is the biblical story of our need for community. And if if Adam needs community, that means the family of man needs community. That means Jesus needs community as a man, so he finds it. So I encourage it. And I encourage it in whatever way you can find it, whatever way you can make it happen. Um, there's, no, there's no list of rules on how to find community, but finding it is a central part of the process. One of the things that happens in that community is verse 17, they handed him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Now, what we don't know is whether or not Jesus chooses to read from what is what we know as Isaiah 61.1, or whether it was the day that that was the text to be read. In modern Judaism, the synagogue readings go according to the Jewish readings. They are laid out every week. So if, if a Jew goes to synagogue, they know what the reading is going to be. That's not unlike the Christian lectionary. The Christian lectionary uses a three-year rotation cycle, so it changes every year, but then on the fourth year, it goes back to the first year. And the the Christian church the world over, if they follow the lectionary, are reading the same basic set of texts. Old Testament reading, second Old Testament reading, often a reading from the psalm, a New Testament reading and a gospel reading. And that's so that the, so that the global church has a global message for that week. Now I was raised in uh, evangelical church circles that didn't, did not acknowledge the lectionary. And in fact, I didn't even know what that was for a long time. And preaching was just get up and preach whatever you wanted to. And, and I don't think there's anything wrong with getting up and preaching whatever you want to. Uh, if, as long as you feel inspired or led by the Holy Spirit, it's not as if it's in the, you know, uh, Jesus said someday there's going to be a group of readings. And if you're going to preach, you better preach the readings. He didn't say that. Uh, but we know why it exists. It's so that there is this universal sound coming forth that, that as those lectionary readings go out, they present the message of the gospel. Well, the Jewish readings were presenting various messages as well. It's not as if they were reading every verse from the old, what we call the Old Testament. They still don't read every verse from what we would call the Old Testament. So I, I'm not going to make the assumption that Jesus 
either chooses this verse or that he's forced to read this verse. I don't, I don't, honestly, and I don't want this to sound cold, but I don't care because I'm going to assume that it's not the only time he ever went to synagogue to read. And if that's the case, then this one was picked particularly because of what he read. Now, this is an era where there's not a high rate of literacy. Not many people in the world of that day knew how to read. For Jesus to be able to read means he's had some sort of training in how to read. He's most likely reading from the Septuagint, which would have been the print version of the text of his day, meaning that if that's the case, he could at least read Greek or at least the Greek that it constitutes the Septuagint. And this, this entire scenario uh, is part of what has me at our church in South Carolina now instituting public readings. Um, part of the reason I do that is because I think the church is largely word deficient. You know, we talk about vitamin deficiencies where you're getting food and water, but you're not taking in a certain vitamin, and then that begins to affect your organs or your body function. I think the church is word deficient. We've got community and buildings and money and, and mission and outreach, and the American church has got music and entertainment and lights, and we, we, we appeal to the senses, but we're not real word centric. And in fact, we're sort of bumper sticker theology. Like we, we know a verse, but we don't know, we don't really put it in context. And, um, most, a lot of American Christian, I know this from experience. This isn't me guessing. This is Paul White. I've been out there. A lot of American Christians zone out when you get too deep into the word. We, they don't have the ability to really listen or follow. Um, they don't carry their Bible. Um, and I think some of that is we use the excuse, well, there's a screen or I've got it on my phone, but it's just become super convenient to not let it be convenient. So we've instituted public readings and I do this because two reasons. One, I think we're word deficient. And I want more word. Two, I think there's something powerful that happens when you are asked to read in your church. If your pastor says to you, hey, would you be willing to be my Old Testament reader next week? I'll send you the text from the lectionary. And they send you the text, and then you spend that week looking at that text. You get to pick whatever translation you want, but you get up in the service, and you literally just read the text. And as it's read, you, you've had to actually wrestle with reading it. And I don't just mean the art of reading, the act of reading, but you've, had, you've been confronted with what it says. And even if you don't understand what it says, even if you don't have a really good working idea exegetically you like you wouldn't know what to say we don't i don't require them to say anything i encourage ours here's your text pick your translation you don't even have to comment on it you just get up and read it and sometimes they do comment sometimes people want to say a word great others most of the time they just read it and sit down and i love it because it's it's a little bit of forcing us to engage not forcing it's all volunteer but engaging in the text. And we have as our template Jesus, who stands up and reads from Isaiah 61. Now, under normal circumstances, you just read. But under these circumstances, so special that Luke records it, Jesus doesn't just read. He claims to be the fulfillment of this text. So we'll get into the text itself tomorrow. 
and begin to show what Jesus says in Luke versus what Isaiah says, because they don't line up the same way in most of your Bibles, and we'll talk about why. Uh, It's going to be a great journey. See you tomorrow. God bless.